This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Eight years, 590 podcasts, close to 40,000 downloads, around 350 live to air broadcasts. Four sick days. 21,000 hours. This is a special farewell to our squeamer, Sonya Hammer, on Sci-Fi and Squeam Undead. Also, we're going to review Ghost in the Shell. Eight years. No, eight years. That's amazing. Thanks, Clayton. No problem. (laughs) Yes, so eight... Yeah, it's probably a little bit over eight years, but that's cool. I just copied your Facebook post, I know, so yeah. I know. which which reminds me that yeah, that was forty about forty thousand, forty two thousand uh, broadcast hours, I think, if I added it all up. That doesn't count the other extra hours. The hours at the computer. <laughs> God knows how long. Or the panels. It's probably another twenty thousand hours or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, panels. Queer Geeks of Oz. And who's that voice? That's me. That's Dylan. Hi. Also known as Dillstick back in the day. Right now it's delicious, I do <laughs> believe. Delicious. There is the hashtag delicious. Oh, okay. Uh, how's that trending? Yeah, how's that trending? I don't know. There's a lot of non-Dylan Adler related substance in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so you, you're... Yeah, you've been a busy, busy chap. Yes, yes. Well, I have to credit a lot of it to working underneath Sonia Hammer because well, that sounds dodgy. Well, no, let me fi- let me finish. Um, no, keep the- it clean. I'll right. keep it clean. No, no, me. I'm talking about. I me. can <laughs> I can say safely that you know working underneath uh, the Sonia's direction and Sonia's projects, you show up to a gig like you're on trial to get the job. And it's so inspiring and so astounding to work for somebody who has that level of dedication and energy. I mean, you make other people want to do better and do more. So thank you. I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I do if I didn't have that directive from you, Sonia. So thanks. Yeah, no, well, I'm going to try not to choke you. (laughs) No, choke myself (laughs) over this one. Um, Yeah, look, uh, yeah, Queer Geeks of Oz was something I felt just had to happen, had to be done. They were doing it in the US, and that's going back, what, 2009 or 2010, I think it was, um, Geeks Out, based in New York. So they Mm. were, like, talking about representation, and back then it was like there was virtually nothing. Uh, As far as the only time you saw a queer in a sci-fi horror, they were dying. I mean, that still happens, but not to the extent that it was happening. You know, there was just no nothing to look forward to there was nothing positive happening and it wasn't so much as a death you know like you say let's look at say uh, not like a positive death but like a warranted or a deserved death like you say look at our Willow uh, Willow and Tara mm-hmm. in Buffy like when spoilers <laughs> I know it's the show's years. out the show's been out now uh, but when Tara died in mm. Buffy I mean that was such an awesome character death because everyone loved Tara and Willow mm, yeah. and for writers to be able to take that away from fans in such a wonderful way mm. instead of I guess you know like the horror movie deaths where it's like okay cool there's the slut there's the person of color there's the queer mm, mm. let's kill them off quickly mm. and always a black person first yeah oh, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah send them out first yeah. you know that's how it works 
Um, yeah, so there was virtually really nothing good going on. And at the time, there was um, a Mormon writer. Oh, God, what's his name? Anyway, a terrible film, science fiction film. I should have done some homework before I came in here. No, because that movie doesn't really need to exist. <laughs> well, it had Han Solo in it, Harrison Ford. Um, and it was, oh God, Orson. I think his first name's Orson. Not Wales, obviously, but <laughs> definitely not. Um, but look, that was such a disappointment that so much money from Hollywood was put into a homophobic, transphobic, hateful person who just happened to write science fiction and that Hollywood decided to make a film out of his, um, you know, movies. And that's when I saw Geeks Out and talking about that and I went like, must interview these guys, but I didn't actually have a a real platform at the time that was, you know, there to do it. So I thought, why not do what they're doing? Do Geeks Out as a live panel. And um, it was Scott Liston. Hi, Scott. Bless your heart. Uh, Who ran Armageddon, which was um, the second largest, one of the big main commercial um, geek culture, pop culture um, conventions here in Australia. He um, he came on the show, and that's when we had the show on at 10 o'clock. I know I was always on at 10 o'clock. What am I talking about? Um, I think it was 11 o'clock at night, because it went for two hours back then. When I first started, we had a two-hour show. It went to 1 a.m. That would have been cool. That's crazy, 11 to 1. And you did that live. And it was live. Wow. People did live shows back then. Oh, yeah. At 11 p.m. <laughs> Why did you look at me then? <laughs> I know. I looked, I looked. I just rolling my eyes. That's what I do. I'm a permanent roll-a-thon now. Um, but, yeah, so it was awesome to have him on. And I just put him right on the spot. And I said to him, what if we had a queer panel? Would you, you know, let us have a queer panel? And he went, um, um, oh, yes, of course, like that. I think he was a bit startled, mm-hmm. you know. So we put him on the spot and I said, off air, I turned the mics off. I said, I have you now on record, you know, for saying that. So I blackmailed him on the spot in a fun, geeky way. And he was like, you're blackmailing me. I said, yep, that's right. And next thing you know, Queer Geeks of Oz was born. So blackmailing does pay off. <laughs> Sometimes. I call it rainbow mail, you know. <laughs> but that was pro- the first one was just so astounding for for my memory was just when we had a wealth of queer gamers in the room and queer, I you know, know. And there was one oh, particular so guy cute. who came up to me at the end and he was just like, thank you because I didn't, thank you for putting this on because I didn't know that there were other gay gamers. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there were gamers out there. And I was like, dude, we are here. We're here, we're queer and play games. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that led on to a lot of uh, things. I mean, I think we've podcasted every single one of those. Yeah, mm. there's um, the very original one I'm looking up now, which you can find on the Sci-Fi and Squeam forward slash Queer Geeks of Oz. It's on the web page, etc. 2014, that was, I think. Shut the front door, really? No, no, no. Actually, it was 2000. I thought the first one was... The first one was in 2013, no, was I do believe. Because 14... See, I was, don't even know what I'm doing. Um, 14 was when we had a photo shoot at Art Boy Gallery. That's right. That was for the one at um, Oz Comic Con. Yes. Because that was their second Oz Comic Con, and they had that at the um, the old exhibition building here in Melbourne, that beautiful old building, heritage building, world-listed. And from, from memory, there was that phenomenal Freddy Krueger cosplayer. From oh, memory. Yes. 
I thought that was you. Oh, no, there's a no, photo that- of you standing next. <laughs> yeah. That was cute. Yeah, so no, Armageddon Expo 2013 was the first one. And then it just sort of spiralled, didn't it? On to... Um, and who was on that panel? That was you. Dina Curie. Dean no, was, no, no, Dean no. was on the second one. Yeah, there was Bailey. Bailey. Who can't be with us, sadly. Um, Bailey is useless as per usual. You're useless, Bailey. You're useless. No. Love you, Bailey. And um, I've got a message from Bailey. Uh, just thanks for having me on. It was a fantastic experience. It's probably just as well Bailey didn't come in because if that's all they were going to say, I mean, seriously. I think I probably may <laughs> would have uh, oh, I love you, Bailey. had a tear if Bailey was there. If Bailey was here. Just yeah. one. Only one. I can only afford I might one. Have, yeah. Had a few tears as well. But through the years, Bailey has been the original, one of our original queers on Queer Geeks of Oz, which is amazing because Bailey was someone who, I mean, not now, certainly you can't really shut them up. Um, But at the time, you couldn't get boo out of Bailey pretty much until you started talking about horror films. And then Bailey was like, suddenly had their voice. And um, I'm going to miss that because Bailey is pretty awesome. And... No one talks about Liverface like Bailey <laughs> and queers it up. And it was just great fun to have them on the show fairly regularly. We did an A to Z to horror, which has never been finished, sadly. Clayton and random was... letters have been picked up and just thrown in anywhere. So. <laughs> it's a different kind of alphabet. Yeah. It's more like alphabet soup horror, I'd say. Yeah, from memory, it didn't really go into like, it was like this week think... A, this week D. It was more like this week A, this week D. J. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit like that. Then back to C. <laughs> I think L, and we did L a couple of times. We might have done M once or twice. I, I just lost count. There's so, so many organized. in M. Many of them, yeah. Oh, many in the letter oh, M. M for... many in the letter M. Yeah, so, and, and there was the wonderful John Richards, who went on to do the fabulous Splendid Chaps, um, had done... Oh, gosh, that television series with Chad Geeks in it. Oh, I feel terrible. I can't remember it now. Awful. Oh, I was just going to say how much I love Splendid Chaps. I just did a show with Petra Elliott. Oh, my God. Really? Mm. I think I saw her in your vlog. Yes, right? yeah, yes. that's the right show right there. She did a fabulous, fabulous. cover of Blurred Lines where <laughs> she talked about gender and, yeah, she talked about misogyny. She sung about misogyny, actually. Was it um, like that. really hot guys in underwear and stuff or is that a different one? No, no, it was, um, she was actually talking about how uh, there aren't no blurred lines and it's consent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she, it was cool because it was the first time she said she sung it with clothes on. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was like, oh, cool, we're bringing things here. Yeah, um, I'm just looking at some of the old podcasts, actually. Uh, yes, it was John Richards, Luke Miller, who went on to do, um, he's doing his third, I think it is now, queer video game, which is amazing. Uh, there you are. Look at that. With my gun blade. Your gun blade. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't find you. Disappeared, didn't you? Because I saw Final Fantasy weapons like stage right, and I was like, "I'ma be back," <laughs> and then came back with this big hulking gun blade from Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII. As you do, you know, like um, and Lee Galea, fabulous Lee, who uh, made one of the best, uh, one of the best queer little Australian queer films I've ever seen, probably Monster Pies, which. Phenomenally well, made on shoestring, literally, and um, he's got his next film, Neon something, Neon Rainbow. I think it's coming out this year. It's supposed to, 
Incidentally, I was on a tram about a year ago. It would be about a year ago. And I hadn't seen him in ages. And there he was with his cameraman and uh, a couple of camera people and an actor, I think, and himself directing. I said, have you got a license or permit to do this? <laughs> Go, shh, Sonia, because they put right at the back of the tram on those big ones. And um, I don't think he had a permit, but I shouldn't be saying that, perhaps. I don't care. Look, Do you know how hard it great. is to get those permits, though? Probably takes months to get them, too. Yeah, they're really difficult. So, <laughs> filming away, you know, showing a bit of nipple. Yeah, I, just for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it is a bit cool in here, in the studio, I must say. Um, yeah, so Career Geeks of Oz went on. We went to Oz Comic Con where they, they yeah... They pretty much um, courted me like crazy. They were ringing me at work, and which was uncomfortable because, you know, at work, I'm not allowed to take personal calls, basically. But they were ringing me at work. They were chasing me through emails, and then they sent someone from America to meet me because they really wanted us. They really wanted us. There was no money in it because all of this is about volunteership or madness or, you know, doing stuff for freebies for fun. Mm, but mm. they chased us and chased us. And I said yes. And I think that one was packed, wasn't it? The one at um, 2014. They were all pretty packed. Every single one of them. I think the, yeah, the most... the last ins- one was The absolutely huge. insane one was, yeah, the one at PAX. Mm. It was packed at PAX. And Clayton I, was there. He was my assistant. I, I was the social media um, everybody person. person. I just <laughs> yeah. remember feeling so daft when we were walking into the theater and it was that was that massive line. And I was like... I wonder what they're lining yeah, up for. Yeah, I said, what are you waiting for? And they were like, oh, Quick Geeks of Oz. And I was like, oh, that's you sure? Yeah. I'm glad that you didn't pass that information on to me because when I saw people coming in, I was just like, oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was great, though. It was fun. Once the adrenaline had, like, kicked in and run its course, I was like, ah, oh, cool, I got this. <laughs> I think we lost about five or ten minutes just because people were still coming in. Mm. Yeah. And it really mucked up our timing. But that was okay. We made it. And uh, Rachel was on that one. Rachel and gosh, I'm really crazy. There was Rachel, we had (laughs) Jack, Lawrence Dardust. That's right, yes, excellent. Uh, And Liam, Liam Esler. Yes. Ah, yes. Oh, Liam from uh, GX Australia, which is having its very last one. They're not doing another one after this. Um, What? Why? I haven't had a chance to speak to him actually, but I'd love to know why, Liam. I think it's he's a busy person. You know, he has to make a living. All this stuff is done for freebies, you know, just because of the passion that people have. So that makes it... Exactly. And it's so hard. So time-consuming. Because, you know, a lot of time... And this is, like, the thing for anyone in a volunteer position where it's, you know, you you do it for fun and, you know, for the love of it. And people say, oh, you do it for free for the exposure. But I say with exposure, that's how you die on the Oregon Trail. Yes. So... Right. Leaving that with you the right there. Trail. Don't get me started. <laughs> Dysentery <laughs> and <laughs> eventually cannibalism. Eventually, yes, exactly. Sounds like Tasmania. But speaking of Tasmania, we never got the idea for Quaggics of Oz is that we would travel with it. But like anything, Sonia didn't have any money. Sonia just didn't happen. And also, how to corral people? Do you know what I mean? Like, because everyone has lives. Except for Bailey. Um, so everybody... <laughs> thanks, I don't Bailey. know. She's like out running around right now. I know. Wherever Not here, are. though. Not turning up, you know, <laughs> specifically. No, there's a lot of love there, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, no, and didn't get a chance to take it around the countryside. Wanted to. And I even said that on YouTube. You could have talked to the Leyland brothers. 
The who? I might be too old. <laughs> the Leyland. Is that a no, circus? Okay. Never mind. Is that like... I know the know? Wayne brothers. No, the Leyland brothers were... I uh, travelled all over the countryside, asked the Leyland brothers. Oh. Uh, it was a TV show. And yeah. I'm apparently really old. <laughs> I'm not Australian, so... That's that. That could be it. I'm a millennial, so... Was, yeah. Uh, you know nothing. I'm going to... <laughs> I'm cutting that reference out of the podcast. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Save yourself the effort. Leave everything in. Yeah. Everything unadulterated, etc. But just looking at some of the photos... Oh, I'll have to share some of those on Facebook. Oh, absolutely. Nostalgia. photos. And... Um, yeah, so thanks to the people of PAX, fabulous for that chance. I didn't realise it was going to be so huge, but word of mouth always works, doesn't it? And um, yeah, thanks to everyone who was in, involved. Um, but also just a bit of time, not to bring it down a, a bit of a notch or two, but just as a uh, respect to um, uh, Lindsay C. Walker, who unfortunately passed away last year, um, who did the uh, the great artwork for for us. <clears throat> I've lost it. Do you want to take a break? Maybe a little break. Sure. I know. Okay, go. Yes. Uh, Quick exhaust. So, yes, um... We miss you, Lindsay. I uh, fantastic artist, and I know your family and and loved ones and your daughters um, miss you too, of course. Uh, and as a geek, I just couldn't be beat. Basically, I just knew nothing compared to this person. She was just wonderful and did all that artwork for us for free and um, volunteered her time. And you know what? She came to every single panel. I think she couldn't make it to PAX because she wasn't very well at the time but uh, she came to every single one also she was there you know she was in a wheelchair at one point but she was right up the front and she always had good things to say and I always you know will never forget her support huge huge thank you as well to Dean Rankin oh yes I still have my head in a jar still have my (sighs) pickling it pickling it did you get a head in a jar Clayton did you get your head Which one was put this? in a jar? Which, which Dean Rankin, the, the cartoonist, the, the comic artist. Book. No, I did not get a head in a jar. Oh. Mm. That that's makes okay. two of us. I never got around to oh. it either. <laughs> never mind. But everyone else got theirs, and that's good. I assume this is like Futurama style. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Dean Rankin, fabulous artist. So I haven't been in touch for a while. Sorry, Dean. Uh, he wanted me to write something, and things have happened. I haven't had a chance, but we'll get in touch in the future. But... He also volunteered and did some great artwork for Queer Geeks of Oz for the panels and a T-shirt as well for Joy, the Flying Unicorn. So he did some wonderful things there. Um, they're very rare. Um, Mr. Quentin Tarantino has one that I gave to him. So, um, yeah, his his work was amazing. You know, he works for, um, is it Boing Boing, who do the Simpsons comics? So great artist and I'm looking forward to the book which I was supposed to be in but I'm a slacker I'll, I'll, hopefully it's not over get in she there. says that she's a slacker but she has like 30,000 hats that she wears differently throughout the day <laughs> <laughs> well lately it's been two hats maybe the one is get out of bed hat and the other one is eat hat there's the go to work hat Oh, yes, I can't forget that. My oh. fabulous work people. I'm all go, about oh, the eat God, hat. What a weird nerd they go. Oh, you, you, you look at me. The eat hat. <laughs> I know, there's like the two Polynesians <laughs> on this side of the table. And it's like, yeah. Nothing worse than poly nerds. Are we poly nerds or poly geeks or what are we? Hmm, I don't know. I've never really thought about 
the linguistics of it or the semantics. So, look, Queer Geeks of Oz, like a lot of things, it just ran out of steam. I couldn't help it. Just too much to do, like, and worrying about other stuff and, you know, end of the day. But for those who uh, did come to the panels and met some awesome people who ended up contributing, actually. So we had Jake Derrick... um, I've forgotten your name, Jake. Why do you have to have a hyphen in your name? Your first two names, Jake. Gosh, there you are. Jake Derek Franklin. Thank you, Jake. Um, awesome. Rachel Humphreys, thank you. Uh, Lauren Stardust, thank you. And uh, everyone else that was part of the, the PAX one, too, which was good. Clayton taking photos and um, everything. And posting stuff. And yes, and yes. And the Twittering. The Twittering went crazy. Especially at the, um, it was at actually the year before the Oz Comic Con one. Or was it the same year? Wait a second. I've lost count. I've really lost count it's how many panels. It's just been a blur. No, because we did two Oz Comic Cons, didn't we? Two, we did two yeah, we Oz did. So we did two Queer Geeks of Oz in one year. No wonder I was knackered by the end of 2015. <sighs> Was that the year that I also came in and I had that? Oh, you were really I was so under Ill. the weather. I was so, so sick. <laughs> and I was there with um, oh, the, An- all I remember is Anya's, Anya's husband. Anya's husband. Anya's husband was yeah, there. And I then know. there was Hamish, who was also on Sci-Fi and Squam, who was a great, he's part of the Melbourne Queer comic book um, uh, readers. Yeah. And so I'm sitting between these like really two, really two cool people Hayden. and just coughing. Who's Hamish? Hey. I don't know. Hayden Clem. <laughs> Hayden Clem. I was Hamish I was shortening Clever. the. I was getting rid of the din and the cler. And that's okay. And Hayden just posted on Facebook a beautiful new tattoo which looks amazing. Oh, I haven't oh. seen it. Hmm, I don't. Oh, really? Like, that's cool. I'm sure some people who are listening actually will be friends with Hayden on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So Oz Comic Con was at. Uh, and. 2015 when it was at the um, the new venue, so at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre here in Australia. So that's when we had, yeah, Dean did his Queer Geek Kanga onesie. It was just so strange. <laughs> it was great. It was great though. I love it. Um, and yes, yeah, there we go. There's uh, Jimmy, Jimmy and Jake with long hair. I was so um, sick in that photo. <laughs> and you were sick yes. in that one. Yeah. Mark, that's his name. Mark Leslie Ford, film producer and actor for a film called Stray. Um, yes, married to the wonderful demon. What was her name? Anna. Anya, the vengeance Anya. demon. Oh, that's not really her name. Emma Caulfield <laughs> from Buffy. So it was great. It was a fabulous year that year because I managed to interview, um, yeah, Emma Caulfield. Obviously, Mark and um, Tara, Amber Benson. So it was oh, pretty awesome. And Hayden's got a tattoo from. Whoa! What is that? I'm hoping Dylan knows because I think it's a comic book. Are reference. they ants? Um, it's pretty serious. I don't know. Kind of like Cthulhu. Hmm. In my, in my yeah. head. Yeah. But look, hey, it was great. Hayden was fabulous. We really got into comics that year. Because I think it was really important, you know. We were saying pretty much the first Queer Geeks of Oz was all about um, just a general representation and how things needed to change and what was, you know, going on politically as well. Yeah. And then the second one was more about, I think, video games. We had more. And then the third one was very much about um, 
comics and because I think in that time you know we had where Batwoman uh, Batwoman she got engaged to her partner um, but yeah she then uh, I was confirmed that uh, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn were a couple it was a very Mm. very great space in oh we had the first gay marriage in um, Marvel yeah yeah Uh, period. Yeah, and there there was a lot of pressure on DC to have a a gay marriage. Mm. But in the DC universe, the main characters don't actually get married. Mm. So that's what they were saying. They wouldn't have a gay or same-sex marriage because they don't don't do marriage in DC. Mm. So why would they break their mold? I don't know. When there's so many, but, ra- but they have so many rad, qu- like queer yeah. relationships, you know, like yeah. um, Midnighter with. I'm going to go on my right now, <laughs> you know, yeah. Midnighter and Apollo. That's mm-hmm. a great, great same sex relationship. You know, they've got yeah. uh, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn's on again, off again, which is just heartbreaking and amazing. I mean, like in one of the later episodes where one of the latest episodes where Harley, she's like kind of drifting off to sleep, and she says to Poison Ivy, she's like, "Pammy, if I'm if I'm sleeping, don't wake me up." And it's just like that it comic ends and you're like, oh, my heart. Yeah. Why would you, why would you do that? No, it's good because obviously that makes Harley Quinn, oh, it's her choice to identify, however, a bisexual character. So, mm. like, so it's even better representation. And of so. course, recently with Wonder Woman, uh, you know, the hints and suggestions of the bisexuality there and the film coming up. Do you know, um, I could totally see Diana as like an amazing pansexual character. Yeah, I think pansexual is probably more... Because she like she loves everyone. Mm. That's her whole thing. She's love, which mm. is weird that she became the god of war. Well, mm. love and war. It's wasn't the her same dad thing, the god of war it? though? No, her dad Zeus. Oh, I she Ares. She beat Ares, and then oh, she okay. got the title of the god of war. Mm. There we go. And right. fun fact: when they did the Marvel and DC crossover, she also got Thor's hammer. Wow. But then, yeah. If anyone can wield it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. She's ready. And um, I'm just looking forward to the film. Patty Jenkins directing. Gal Gadot. Um, I know. I was kind of hesitant at first. Only because. Then I heard a couple of interviews, well, watched a couple of interviews with her, and I was like, she's perfect. Yeah, Uh, she can do it. The first initial shots with, and when you first, like, you know, because Gal Gadot, she was a runway model. Mm. Physically striking, very, very beautiful woman. But Mm. when you saw her, it was. She didn't have exact. She had she had a model's body, mm. and on, on the potentially on the undernourished side. <laughs> exactly. So when you kind of think of her as you know this Amazonian warrior princess, uh, you can't I, you can't mm. be I guess intimidated by somebody who looks like they can blow away in the breeze. But then you saw her in the photo in the, oh, the stills, and she and the just trailers. Wow. Like, she has like uh, Ronda Rousey's body. Yeah, and she's that's, done the work. She did, she's in the hard yards. She's on those protein shakes. <laughs> she's tall, and I think she's fair, you know, stunning. And I'm Do really you want to be alone? To- oh. <laughs> <laughs> be alone with myself, mm. as it turns out. But, um, yeah, no, look, so much in, in that period of time over the, what, five years for the Queer Geeks of Oz. So, yeah, I'm just really fortunate to have done it, and it um, hopefully will lead on to other things. But... It's always amazing, you know, the the feedback. Still get the occasional email. I get the occasional message from someone saying, when am I going to do another one? I'm like, going, oh, I don't know. Well, that may still be in the future. Maybe. Or doesn't need to. I mean. Absolutely. 
Maybe just <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. There's your answer. Maybe a nuance of it, but yeah. Look, um, and big thanks and shout out to Scott Liston, uh, originally from Armageddon, which is now AMC. Um, and thank you very much to uh, Blue Promotions, Sophie Blue Promotions from uh, from organising the Oz Comic Con and chasing me, and chasing me, and obviously spending a lot of money on telephone calls. She was in hospital one time when she called me. Like, she was so stressed out, she had to have some time out in hospital and rang me from her hospital bed. And I was like, okay, are you all right? <laughs> like, I hope I've got nothing to do with this. But she's a very hardworking, awesome woman and um, could see the potential. So thanks to her and her team. Uh, and, of course, the people from Oz Comic Con. They are, some of them are Americans. That's cool. Um, and of course, PAX, which is associated with them too. Big thanks to um, uh, all the folk, Guy Blomberg, and all the other p- people involved. Another one that I would ring at midnight or one in the morning because I knew he'd be up and he'd be going, "Yeah, you know, I'm up. I'll be up till baby five. And we would just chat. And again, it was all about he really wanted to see us there. It wasn't, you know, it didn't ever feel tokenistic. It always felt like they wanted us there and he, you know, you know, I would send a press release. He would slightly tweak it, send it back. I would tweak what he had tweaked. And this would go on and on for a few weeks until we both decided what was reasonable. And the thing is, then it had to be sent to New York to the base. I mean, all this stuff happened. It was like, it made, it really taught me a very valuable lesson. That is, your life is never really your own when you, you know, when you stand up and you promote things or you put yourself in a public forum, you suddenly become... You have to answer. You have to answer (laughs) to everything and you suddenly become this uh, property of other people's ideas of what you are. It's really interesting. But yeah, thank you for all of that. Moving on. Yeah. (laughs) We've talked a lot about Quaggings of Oz, haven't we, Clayton? Approximately 28 minutes. Wow. (laughs) So after all these eight years or so, Mm -hmm. favourite interview? Oh, that is tough. It should be. Yeah. You've, because, you've, I mean, you've I had do, some amazing interviews. Yeah, I've done Broad as well. So there was some crossovers there when I was doing Broad on Monday nights. And, um, I'll enjoy. Um, probably the most popular and the most exciting would have had to be, yeah, Quentin Tarantino. That was exciting you know. for me too because I met Quentin Tarantino as well. He said, what did he say to you? I just need to past? go to the bathroom. I think he thought you were a bathroom attendant. <laughs> I, I think he thought that I was actually part of the interview, but I was just oh, there as moral support. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would have liked to have had you in, but I had to share it with this other bloke. I don't know who he was. Sorry. but Dude from Sin. Dude from Sin, yeah. S-Y-N, <laughs> Cool. But end of the day, we were on last Last people to do the interview for the day, and it was great. He went over. He gave you extra time. Gave us about four or five extra minutes. Mm. And you could tell that the people around him, they're all like standing away in the corners. They were like raising their eyebrows and doing the nod, like time's up. And then he just, as soon as he said, no, 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 I'm going to give these guys some more time, they were like, yep. okay, you are God. You can do what you like. I mean, that's power. Absolutely. We'll give them one more question each, okay? Is that going to be okay with you guys? And they were like, I guess. Because everything was running over time, of course. Mm. They always do. And these are these junkets they do. So they send you the email saying, you know, you want to interview this person? And we're like, oh, yes, please. What time is it? And fortunately, I've had a job or have a job still um, where I can, you know, I could 
extend my time, my hours, ring up a little bit sick or whatever and not worry too much about it. Meanwhile, run down to a hotel up the road here in Melbourne and do this interview. Crown Plaza, I think it was, that hotel this year. Oh, last and you had January. a little panic attack on the way because you got a little bit lost in Crown. I got a bit lost <laughs> in Crown because I'm not a good person with all the flashing lights. And No, no. I tell things. you what, I've done so many interviews hey. at Crown and like the Crown, the different hotels as well. And it is, it, it's confusing. It's minefield. And horrible. Yeah. And if you are lost and you realize that you're in the wrong space, well, you... You can be screwed. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one I really, really liked was... Um, Jamie Babbitt, actually, who um, did, but um, but I'm a cheerleader from way back, a queer oh, classic that film. That's like one of my favorite movies. She was fabulous. She was awesome, and we talked f- much longer than we were supposed to, but that was okay. I think it was, I was three in the morning here or something, so it was her breakfast the day before. Is this one of the ones where you had to lock yourself in the studio because if you left you couldn't come back in? Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. And uh, she was just fantastic. She's worked with so many awesome people. I mean she uh, just the list just goes on and on and to see someone who can yeah really do that amazing work. And uh, Annie Lily Anna Lily Amapur who did A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Fantastic. She's also a DJ. Um uh, just an amazing horror film. Who would have thought? Muslim woman, vampire on a skateboard. I mean, who would ever have thought that would happen? That sounds like a radical Islam. <laughs> it is! Yeah, <laughs> I see yeah, what I did there. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was fantastic, except they cut the interview off because we just engaged so much in conversation. We just lost sense of time and they just cut us off. Never mind. Mm. Jerks. Oh, there's been... And of course, yeah, Amber Benson, mm-hmm. definitely, and Emma Caulfield, uh, articulate. Of course, they are. They are very good actors. Um, really passionate about their work. Their love for Buffy. You know, twenty years later, the the love just doesn't die. And on top of that, advocates for uh, same sex equality and queer, you know, equality and everything. Uh, just one of the best tags I've ever had. And a really it great is fun. time. I'm sure there's so many others, but it's just... Taika Waititi. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, thanks. These are all your favourite interviews, no, I, I just go the ones you, <laughs> the ones you talked about the most. So. I raved about the most. Um, and republished the most. Um, mm. Yeah, Taika Waititi, amazing. He came up to the studio, and he's quite a little guy, like... Mm. And so I wanted to crush him. Oh, you know, I wanted to hug him, but I thought, he's so tiny. He's actually rather small for a Polynesian. Um... <laughs> But fantastic guy. Um, and again, you know, we went over time um, and he did probably one of the best tags ever. His tag is awesome. It is pretty Absolutely cool. Absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, just such a confident guy. Knows exactly his focus, where he's going um, and making some brilliant films and also picky films where he helps to produce uh, – upcoming Polynesian um, talent and so on. So really, uh, really excited by that. Let me interrupt you for one second. Mm-hmm. Of course. Kia ora, this is Taika Waititi and you are listening to Sci-Fi and Squeam on Joy 94. Is there a dot in there? Yes, Just point. 94.9. <laughs> 94.9. Kia ora, this is Taika Waititi. Stuntman, actor, director, lover, friend, Confidant, shoulder to cry on. 
You're listening to Sci-Fi and Squeam on Joy 94.9. That's fun. <laughs> you never get a Marty to shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's all it's you true. need to say, Tyker. Just say your name and then it's just... I just went on. He went on. So that was cool. I didn't turn the mic off. Clearly. <laughs> Um, With a voice like that, I feel like oh, just one more so word. Cool. See, like we've got these big studio headphones on right now, and I need a moment after hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Like he's an actor too, you know, and that fabulous vampire movie. Oh, what, your favorite? In the shadows? Yes. Hilarious. David and Margaret hated it. You know, David Stratton and Margaret, what's her name? Oh, they agreed on something. Wow. Mm, yeah. They hated it. They said it's so childish. And I was like, yep. <laughs> There's a problem with that. The best part. Um, also, big shout out to Who's Afraid, uh, Maria Lewis, because our love for Taika was something that brought us together. And also, Girls on Film Festival, thank you there, because um, I did a panel with Maria, who I'd never met, didn't know who the hell I was going to be meeting at this uh, feminist film convention. And they said, oh, you two will get on fine. And we did. <laughs> we got on more than fine. We're like best buds and... You know her now, and uh, the rest is history. We like spent you know. we. Hey, so I met Maria in a toilet here. Uh, <laughs> this is not so, what you think. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. It wasn't in the club toilet. It was like here at Joy, and we like we were in the bathroom just yapping for like five yeah. minutes. And meanwhile, I'm going. Where the hell are they? We're going to do this recording or what? So I was about that. <laughs> no, because I remember now she I came know. in in this like yep. awesome Bart Simpson, the, like a million like Bart Simpson. Was prints. it Halloween? One yeah, it was, yeah. She was when she was doing the thirty days of Halloween outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And now she's an author as well as many other things. So the character Tommy Grayson is a a were woman. Um, that's W E R E. Not an aware woman. <laughs> well, she is an aware, awoke woman. And it's a really, it's a, it's a bit of a riff on her uh, biracialness. And um, Maria identifies as and being part Māori and, and all that sort of stuff and identity. And there's a shout out in the book, the second one, Who's Afraid Too? So I want to say uh, thank you so much, Maria, for your support. It was great meeting you and actually, yeah, really loving the same sort of horror uh, together, she even does a, you know. Look, I get an acknowledgement in this book. It's really pathetic. No, it's cool. Um, she goes and Sonia Hammer for expanding my horizons and ripping people of color and horror and genre like no other. It could rhyme if I said it properly. So thank you, um, Chur, as they say. Which maybe brings us to our review. <laughs> our review <laughs> that we did promise, didn't we? We did. Mm. I checked it in the beginning. Ghost in you know, the shell. And aside. Mm. Ghost in the shell. Sonia, we went and had our final movie mm. together, at least. Oh god. For Sci-Fi and Square. Well, yes. <laughs> Does this mean you guys can watch movies together for fun instead of having to like work it? Yeah. yeah. Oh. We had fun at the same time. That's though. actually oh, exciting god. though. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch you a movie. You have to think about the movie. Right? You know? Sometimes you don't want to think about the movie like that time we went to Warcraft. Warcraft. Oh my god, Dylan! Mm. Did you have to? Th- I was not trying to think. That's the problem. I Apparently went into that movie. That okay? Sorry to cut into your review time, but that was like the okay. <clears throat> so they cherry picked the hell out of like fourteen different stories and smashed them together, and it was just awful. It was just awful. And look, so orcs have their own long history and detailed history. Why were they looking like poly- like? Why do they have a lot of Polynesian culture in there? That's what I didn't understand. Why were the orcs like 
Because hawks are bad, and so you know. But they were bad as well. Oh, okay, okay, okay. it's your review. I'll let. <laughs> Representation representation of orcs was terrible. That is true. Orcs are always underrepresented in. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I know, and they uh, and they're beautiful beings. They are, they are. gorgeous, except for the those muscles, no nasal hair. Those, yeah, <laughs> it's those <laughs> muscles and also the honor. They have a strict honor code. Mm. Mm. And plus, they'll something grind bones to make bread. No, that's no, giant, that's ogres. Yeah. Something <laughs> that maybe um, Ghost in the Shell doesn't have is is. Is something called honor. It, um, yeah, I look. I'm going to start off by saying I really enjoyed the film. I'm just going to say it. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it. Doesn't mean I don't have issues, but <laughs> it was actually fun. Mm. The, it was beautiful to look at and this mm. futuristic Tokyo. But we saw it in 3D. As we well. did see it in 3D. We actually really good 3D, which is rare because 3D is usually very poorly mm. used, yep. and this was actually quite good for at least chunks, five minutes at least. Um, yeah. So, okay, I've said that part now. The elephant's out yep. of the house, I, or whatever they call it. I'm owning my enjoyment of the film. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy the film, Sonia? Lots of things I didn't enjoy, which made it less enjoyable. Yep. Um, of course. Um, I think, yes, I'm right. I agree with you that the technique of the uh, 3D was much higher than I would... You know, I was worried. Basically, when they said, oh, this version you'll be seeing will be in 3D, I was like, oh, no, that's not going to yeah, help, is it? But then I saw it and... There's actually a few things that look weird and not in 3D too. So. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a film shouldn't be just about its technique, its technology mm-hmm. and its effects. It should not be, especially when it's riding on so much history and past from the anime classics and, you know, the... The background to it. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen the anime uh, Ghost in the Shell. Have you watched it? I bought it yesterday, actually. <laughs> okay. so, so you watched it? Uh, not yet. No. But um, I, we, mm. I, we also have Dylan here as a bit of an expert on mm. the anime. So yes. Tell us about the anime. I mean, you've not seen the film yet, have you? No, oh. but that's because I heard that it's very, very similar to the 1995 anime, which in my opinion is like the greatest movie of all time. Okay. Mm. Uh, no, mm. uh, it's one of my favorites. It was when they like legitimized anime as, especially in a wider, not just in Japan, but had it as like an international level of a genre mm. of, you know, amazing stories. And what I saw of the, f- when, when I just saw the ads and they just had like a bunch of white people squinting in the set in Tokyo, I was just like, this is racist. That's my thoughts mm. on it. But when people are squinting and they're playing Japanese characters, I just, I just, there's a Look, line. It was a Cloud Atlas. Which <laughs> yeah. is appalling. But yes, with their racism. But, I um, have commented many times on Facebook and other places mm. about the whitewashing in this film just from the trailers and whatever mm. else. It was much worse than I expected. I think what got me was why do it? Yes. No, pretty simple. Why do it? Is it because they're so concerned no one will go and see it if it has an Asian lead? And that really disturbs me for one thing. There's so many fabulous actors that could definitely do those roles. If that's what they're worried about and they had to have someone as big name like Scarlett Johansson, then they clearly have a problem. Well, that's why I'm taking no. a stand and I'm not going to see the Death Note live action. No. Because when... it's even worse. Well, yes. when Edward Zoe... It is. Mm. Because when Edward Zoe, who's a Japanese... Ameri- sorry, a Japanese actor, when he auditioned for the part as Kira, um, they said they didn't want an Asian actor to play the lead. 
Let's just think about that for a second. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Now, the studio for, uh, at least for um, Ghost in the Shell, haven't, I, at least I haven't seen anything where they've confirmed they didn't want an Asian woman playing the lead. But we've got confirmation from Edward Zoe <laughs> that Death Note most certainly didn't. And I love William Defoe. So him being in the film, I'm just like, look, you know, you Bill, can. Bill Defoe, I can't. I love you, bro, but I can't watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, understandable. Mm. And the Japanese movies are fantastic. I haven't seen the anime of it, but I've seen the Japanese re- uh, films. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. And I haven't seen Elder Chain as well, but I've seen the first two, and they are amazing. Mm. A lot of fun. Well, don't watch the live-action Japanese version of Attack on Titan. Okay, I won't do that. Just <laughs> It's one of my favourite animes and mangas, but just don't. <laughs> Have you seen the live-action... Um, what thing we were just talking about? Ghost Death, Show, Note, Death, Death Note. Note. No, I haven't, because I just... No, I think maybe the live-action Sailor Moon or the live-action Attack on Titan, a lot of the live-action in general, I'm like... So well. It's yeah. just... it's You just you hate-watch them. Yeah. Okay, well, I... <laughs> but is it good? Is your... I really liked them, but I haven't seen the anime or, ah, okay. or read the manga, manga. So, I don't know. So, based on that, I really enjoyed them. Okay, cool. And, and my Japanese boyfriend enjoyed them, too. Okay, so, sweet. Mm-hmm. So. Now, I've got a message, um, actually, one of the posts I put up yesterday, uh, Zhuan Wong, who's a cool cool person, good friend on the old Facebook there, um, talking about Ghost in the Shell and, and racism and whitewashing in general. There's a great little cartoon I've got there from Josh Luna. So they whitewashed you too, huh? And it's got, you know, a, plef- a whole bunch of different... Um, Jesus. Characters. <laughs> Jesus. Well, that's the original. Uh, Airbender, which is like... Oh, Goku, oh. I think that is. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I don't know who the guy in the suit is. I'm Anyone? sure. No. no. I'm not wearing my glasses and that screen's really far away. Right. Is that Korra <laughs> in the background or no? I think so. Legend of Korra? I think so. Um, I okay. Well, what, what Zhuan says is, to be fair, he says, to be fair, Avatar is the worst uh, whitewashing ever. And made worse by the brownwashing of the villains. That's Absolutely. True. But seriously, he says Ming Na Wen should be the star of Ghost in a Shell. I do love Wink Ming Wan and Ming Wan and I can't say her name. Ming Na Wen. <laughs> Third time lucky. She's amazing. She's a nerd. Uh, she is. She's in um, uh, Agents of Shield. Yep. And I first saw her in ER, where she um, she originally had a. Um, Western name and then changed her name in the series, which was a great cool. statement for cool. Asian actresses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's probably more. Uh, we just never see them taking or being given these roles, which are really significant. And why is it important? Because uh, it's, of course, is important. It's very important. Last comment on Wing Yes. Ming Wan. You need to cut that when out. I need Ming Na Wen. You need to cut that out. <laughs> I probably should. Um, no. Um, I, in the uh, series. Stargate universe. Mm. She plays a lesbian character very oh, effectively. Cool. So cool. it's a it's a really great representation. Mm. Yeah, mm. we need that. And uh, also, you can uh, MIC have a good little thing about representation mattering and as well, and um, talking about whitewashing and stuff. And I know it's a, kind of an abbreviated way of doing it, um, but. I'll, I'll put that on the Sci-Fi and Screen page. I'm sure there's lots of other information too of why, you know, we shouldn't have to explain things like feminism these days. We shouldn't have to explain racism, what that means. But um, unfortunately, we live at a, at a time when people very comfortably 
and their privilege opt out of those discussions because they don't want to face it. They don't want to be confronted because apparently it's confrontational. But it's like all these microaggressions, all they add up to, um, yeah, out and blatant um, discrimination eventually and it's just... It's just time to stop. My favorite is when someone in on the, I guess, the non-oppressed side of things mm. start talking about their own oppression. Like, and it's oh, like, you, you don't talk about these things until mm. you're faced with another, with a minority's <laughs> oppression. You mm. don't actually care yeah. about your own people's plights. Yeah. You just don't want to hear about anyone else's. Exactly. And My it's stop. time to, yeah, shut your mouth, basically, and listen. Or if you care so much, go and do something. <laughs> listen, yeah. Mm. Ask someone. Ask a person of colour. Ask a person from a background that's different from yours. Ask a person who may have a disability as such or anything. Just ask them. <laughs> Let them speak. So going back to you know? Ghost in the Shell, mm. we're looking at a future um, Tokyo here. And, well, that's what I approximately assume it is. But probably about 10% of the characters in the entire film background or anything are Mm. Asian. Like, Mm. the rest of it is white people, Asian personal colour thrown in there, maybe. And it's it's really odd. Like, and then the representation. Especially when I try to put on uh, a Japanese sounding accent. It's like, why? That was awkward with, is it Kuzu? The. I was just that character, the male character who is uh, synthetic or whatever they are, mm-hmm. robot. Um, oh, yeah, just really bad performance, really and, disappointing. And the restaurants, they kind of walk in and out or fight in and out, whatever, and the markets they have and stuff are all very much Chinese as well. Mm. They're not even what you see in Japan. So, And the, this film was funded by two Chinese companies. So mm. it's And I, I've read that. Um, people, like when Memoirs of a Geisha was made mm. they cast all Chinese people as Japanese people which apparently is actually more offensive to um, Japanese people than the whitewashing hmm. so that's well all hmm. round a mess I would say absolutely but it did remind me of Blade Runner um, and it reminded it me no but it reminded me that Blade Runner is a superior film <laughs> yeah definitely for sure yes. so but what that are you goes for it? so many genres though yeah I, <laughs> so what are you going to give it uh, are you going to rate this oh uh, look I would yeah no because I my rating would if I rated it a film without the whitewashing I'd actually probably give it a good 7 mm. with the whitewashing like 4 so, yeah, I'm giving it a 2 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Just don't bother. Um, very disappointed in Scarlett Johansson. On top of that, when you see Under the Skin, you see her in another science fiction movie. Fantastic. If you haven't seen it, go. Please see it. Under the Skin. Fantastic film. It's the strangest, most wonderful, scary sci-fi horror there is. Actually, I put the horror before the sci-fi, as it always should be. Um, <laughs> yes. The sci-fi and squeam. That's uh, Ghost in a Shell. Do what you like. Go and see it if you want to. Give them more money so they can make more shit. Up mm-hmm. to you. Up to you. But if you do go and see it, yeah, maybe post a few things um, that matter so people can start to see. We're not whingy. We don't always whinge, do we? Why are you always whinging, Sonia? Well, I think when we look <laughs> at other, you know, some other titles out there and you know, mm. other modes or where we don't have, I guess, the the laying on thick. And I'm going to say, I'm going to call it white feminism. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm going to say it, it, it is. It's it's just it, that's what it is. It is what it is. Um, 
when you look at other modes, I'm going to talk about it, you know, I mentioned it a fair bit, but when we look at, say, video games or comic books where we do have, or even the source material, where we have, you know, people of diff- varying different nationalities, varying different backgrounds, socio-political, economic, um, and they don't need to kind of pander to the whiter audience. And they exactly. don't. Well, they don't. <laughs> Straight up. A, a great example, Avatar. I mean, you know, you look at the, the, the varying and rich uh, ethnic backgrounds and then they stay the same when they're the villains, mm. but not for the protagonists. Because mm. mm. only people Real of color problem. can be evil. Yeah, and especially when they're like, like Arabic and Indian backgrounds. Mm. And it's like, what the hell did you guys just do? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, one mm. argument for the whitewashing of the film is that Major is not an Asian character in the anime either. Do you have a response to that, either of you? Yeah, and look, okay, I think in terms of like uh, cosplay, I think that's cool. I think, you know, people can get onto that. But then when you're putting forward a franchise, And then you're cutting out the people who made the franchise, the culture in which that franchise was able to emerge and prosper. And then you say, no, this is our idea now. Then I think that that's a problem. That's very reasonable. Yeah, I'm the same. It's like, you know, come on. That's your only stand for the argument. What about the other characters? And what about it's just awkward. Why? Why is the mother then not white? Well, that it, you know, minor spoiler, really, but mm. the person who's put into Scarlett Johansson's body is an Asian woman. Yeah. So we're actually literally whitewashing. It's yeah. not even it's figurative. Like, it just gives yeah. me the creeps. It's just creepy. It's just creepy, you know, and uncomfortable. Mm. And um, this is 2017. We have great films like Moonlight happening, and yet science fiction falls down. We don't need a fall downer. Science fiction and fantasy doesn't need to. For one thing, it's fantasy. So, yes, you can have people of colour play in, um, you know, like for the first uh, – Idris Elba, Elba played. Um, I can't remember the character, but there was so much um, flack and trolling and horrible, horrible racist attitudes about, oh, he's black. He shouldn't be in that world of – what is it called? What are, what's the afterworld called? Um Scandinavian after all. Heligoland, oh, um, what's it called? I can't think of Ragnarok. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say that's not it. We're terrible. Um, <laughs> oh, I was about to say Zion. I'm like, no. no, no, no. That's another terrible movie. Valhalla, yeah. yeah. So in Valhalla, apparently they're all white. Um, it's fantasy. Yep. Mythology is mythology. Mm. Myth. Yes, and I can't get enough Idris Elba anyway. I know, so there was all this flack about he shouldn't be in there, that's not right, blah, 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 which always leads to, I'm not a racist, but, which leads to, yeah, you are a racist. (laughs) I feel like anytime you need to preface anything with, (laughs) but, (laughs) I'm not explaining to oppressive (laughs) thoughts, but, But. I I saw a great artwork in Canberra, which is just um, statements, I'm not racist, but, and then Aboriginal people have been given enough stuff over the years. Oh. And then, like, it was, it was re- a really powerful piece of art. <laughs> the only time I ever want to hear, like, a, I'm not racist, but is just never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to do it. I'm not racist, but I'll just move over here and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so look, I think this podcast is definitely taking a, a different path, a different road. But It's getting heavy. 
I think basically this is where it's actually leading, what I can see, because I think it's all great, you know, that we're all under the rainbow and da-da-da-da-da. There's no black in that rainbow. There's no brown mm. in that rainbow. And I think the hardest thing... And, and we are seeing some real problems. And I think generally the, it's like the microcosm of the macrocosm, you know, and I think it's time, yeah, well, things changed. One of my favorite, one of my favorite rappers actually said this, and she was like, you know, a, a brown person would should be brought up in conversation about race, but the world is black and white, and that's a hard thing because you know there's that mm. that fine line where it's you know white or black, but there's people in that background, and there's people that fall in between, and a lot of a lot of the times it's just like if it's not if it's not relevant to a certain audience, then no one will hear that conversation. Mm. And that's, that's what we need to talk, stop doing. Yeah. Although, speaking of horror films, I am very much looking to seeing, uh, looking forward to seeing Get Out, which looks mm. amazing. Mm-hmm. All the trailers look great. Definitely. It's just like Stepford Wives meets Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Village of the Damned. Just, yeah, perfect for the times of Trump and Turnbull, I think. I'm really looking forward to The Last of Us 2. Oh, that's, oh, a video. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you've been waiting for. Yeah. Well, when oh. they first like made those announcements, they were thinking about doing it, and I was mm-hmm. like, I was really, really undecided on how I felt because you know the way that it ends. I thought the way that first game ended was the perfect way to mm. end any story because mm-hmm. it was just it was just brilliantly done, brilliantly written. The villain in the game at the end, she's not really there, not really. Spoilers, the game's been out for years. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Come but on, the people. villain, the at the end, like when they have that last like mm. challenge, they're not a villain. They're a person with their own. They're, they're a person with a responsibility. So everyone has their own responsibilities. Um, but when they announce they are doing a second one, and the fact that we're going to have a lesbian as a protagonist is yes. just it. Oh, it makes me so excited that we have you know such a rad woman, such a rad queer character. I can't wait. I mean, yeah, can't wipe this file off my face. My, like, just since we're doing things we're looking forward to, The Handmaid's Tale for me, oh, I cannot yes. wait. Yeah, the trailer just looks so amazing. People are and just, yeah. I'm rereading the book at the moment just so I can be ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dystopical. We love the dystopical because oh, the dystopical is kind of topical, kind mm, of true. Yep. And um, check out our Dystrumpia podcast. Yes, no. Not uh, to forget, even like, say, the throwbacks with uh, like it. Oh, yeah. I'm excited yeah. and I hate clowns. I'm terrified of them. That's kind of the point of the film, so that's good. Yeah, I'm good. It'd be great to film you watching it. <laughs> <laughs> watching it. it. <laughs> Watch Dylan's uh, YouTube channel coming up. S- favorite Stephen King story? Anybody? Oh, that's it's, uh, it would actually be pretty close. It would be? But probably, uh, it's a little cliched, but the Shawshank Redemption. It's just an exceptionally well-written story. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not one I would have uh, picked. I know, this is you where know? I'm going. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, narrow it down. I like the Gunslinger series. Yeah. I thought yeah. they were rad. Dark Tower, Dark Tower yeah, yeah, is coming mm-hmm. pretty soon. Misery. Misery's gone. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, well. Trying to think. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> there's so block. many. Carrie, got writer's I block. Carrie, Carrie is... And of course, uh, the original Carrie, Brian De Palma, um, the mm-hmm. film version. Just yeah. I've gone completely blank, but it's oh. the one with the kids and the, the body f- slash no, Stand by the, Me. Stand by Me. Yeah. Thank you. No, sorry, the mm. body is the name of this. Bo- the story is called The Body, and mm-hmm. it's again fantastic story. But then the movie it was made into Stand by Me, which is oh, just one of my favorite films. Brilliant. Of all time. 
Mm. I mean, it makes you feel like so many different things. And you can watch it as a child and feel so many different things. And you watch it as an adult and just be like dripping with nostalgia. Mm. For me, I think it's uh, it's really tough. But Cujo or Christine. Yeah. Nothing like a possessed car. I hated (laughs) Cujo because like I just felt for the dog. I was just like, take him to a vet. No, no. And I felt. I don't even like dogs, and I felt that. But uh, interestingly, and this is spoilers if you haven't mm. read the book, because in the book, the boy dies, the young boy, mm. where in the movie, he survives. So, oh, well, you know, you can't like, be all doomed. Can we not gloom? just kill children? Is no, that, you know? we can't do that, Clayton. <laughs> Says God. the school teacher. <laughs> 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 That's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just going back into books for a moment, um, I've been reading the Battle Royale novelization. Oh, um, nice. I have to, I can only read it in like 40 page really? allotments and then I have to like kind of stop. Well, there full was, on. It's <laughs> so full on. Oh my God. There was like three pages of description of decapitation and Goodness. it didn't just go, well, not so much a decapitation, but it was, it was involving a sickle and a throat. Um, but it oh, didn't just nice. go through the, the, the physical descriptions. It went through the mental state and, and the lack of feeling that one mm. character had who, and it was just, I had to stop what I was doing and then go take an hour walk in the oh, sun. Oh, I must watch that. I mean, yeah. read that. What I'm done with, amazing. it's going to take me a while to finish reading it because mm. it, it is pretty intense. You've got a chunk. Yeah. 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 You, you didn't just read The Hunger Games by mistake. Did yeah. You? <laughs> no, well, that's what I want. Because I haven't actually read The Hunger Games. I love The I Hunger couldn't Games put them down. Book. I just, the books I just picked up and read. And when I found out the bookshop near me didn't have it. I, I was like coming off something. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> oh my God, I need that third last book. Quick, yeah. quick. But I couldn't stay with the films. I could not stay with the films. They just disappointed oh, me. I actually think, well, I, the first film, uh, the book is better. I actually mm. think the second two, I think the films are better than the books. Really? I actually don't like the third book at all. Ooh, okay. I, I, I've read it and mm. I think it's such a disappointment to the whole series. It, it destroys the whole series. So I like how it's a four-part trilogy. Yes. That's what tickles me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Potter is an eight-part, seven-part thing. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, look, when Sci-Fi and Squeam started, the very first episode we did was about vampires. I'm not it was Twilight versus um, Buffy. Or the True Lost Blood. Oh, remember the True Blood days? Yes. Yeah, it was a time that was a time. Yeah, so that's going back and uh, we spent two hours debating that. I couldn't believe it could spend two hours. But anyway, we did. And um, in this podcast, you'll hear one of the original tracks that we played. Sure. <laughs> if you tell <laughs> me what it is. I remember what it is. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll add that as a surprise on the end. Well, I just got into my um, hit. You know, they're from Sydney, Australian-based they had have only had done two albums. Oh, that narrows it down. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Inconsiderate. No, not inconsiderate. They had people in, in them. In, in, oh. Gosh, I was playing it last night. Anyway, sorry We'll get back that. to you on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay 
change and how far we've
We're sort of running out of time for the studio space. So, Sonia, mm. what are your your sort of parting words? <laughs> parting words? Parting gifts. Parting gifts. A big gift. I could leave a big gift here. Um, but I won't. <laughs> um, look, it's all about love. No, it's all, it is. It's all about love. And that's what got me started was the love for genre. I just saw that there was nothing else happening like it. On, on the airwaves, there was a show over in Triple R. There still is. He's still there. What's his name? He came in that here. Actually. Guy. That guy. He came in here and he was wearing a peacock coat. I was like, awesome. That is um, amazing. And it's just been amazing the amount of guests. I can't. I've lost count how many people have come through the doors, through the studio doors, or that I've rung up over the years, or have contributed. And there are just too many to thank. Right from the original, um, oh, there were so many. Awesome people that have helped over the years. Yeah, so it's always been about the love of the genre and the different diverse parts of it, um, from horror, science fiction, fantasy, whatever it's been, book form, television series, film form, games, video games, you know. um, And seeing things like um, Critical Hit uh, come out of what we did, actually. And now... Uh, known as uh, Checkpoint, um, and to see a lot of other different presenters like yourself, Dylan and and Clayton, be part of the show in one form or the other or podcast. Mm-hmm. We went from living to dead. We did to dead. Yeah, to undead. Sorry, and it's been a great opportunity. Living to, to undead to dead. You taught me a lot about many stuff, not just genre, but um, mm. people of color and. Um, feminism and all sorts of things like that. So it's been a fantastic opportunity for me. And I, when I said to you, well, you know, we're not going to be on air anymore. What if we work together and keep it going as a podcast? And we've done that quite successfully. So yeah, we yeah. still It'll actually be about a year, almost a year since we yeah. started the undead. And it's um actually I got a year reminder in my Facebook. Ah, so yeah, cool. um, and we are still in the top town downloads of the whole station, even though we're not actually live to air. So, we're not alive at all. Yeah. That's that is amazing. <laughs> I like saying that. We're not yeah. alive. We're not alive at all. We're yeah. undead. Mm-hmm. So I think we deserve big kudos for that, and mm. especially you. So Absolutely, you. and especially as a person of colour, because when I came to this station, I may not necessarily have been, I guess, it's too, like, promotion, like promoting the fact that I'm Polynesian. And then one thing hanging out with Sonia is that she will tell you how you have to be proud of who you are and where you come from and be. And she ta- you taught me how to be a proud Polynesian man. And I can't thank you enough for that. And I'm not even a man. That's Yeah. Great. Oh, are you? <laughs> mm, I could be. I'm not sure. Um, I think I'm a cyborg. Actually, it's insane. Nice. I'm an alien. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been like being an alien in an environment that hasn't always been very supportive or just aware, I think, awoke to this sort of things that happen. I think that's the next stage. I think the next stage is for what happens next, I think, for our community, and particularly in the geek community, is those changes need to happen. Uh, recognition has to happen. Tokenism maybe the, shit. <laughs> maybe the next <laughs> Queer Geeks of Oz panels may be about colour. I don't know. We never really got that far to, to really look at that and um, examine what that means. Uh, but the future, hopefully, we will see more of that. And I think... Um, yeah, it's just been fantastic 
working with so many awesome people and, and you two folk, folks, thank you very much, Dylan. Thank you, Sonia. Love you. Absolutely. And we're both nodding and realizing oh, we're on mics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All this training and, yeah. st- and all, this, all these years, you still <laughs> don't know what you're doing. It's <laughs> yeah. great. And I had a message from the wonderful Brian Andy, um, and it says, and I'll try not to cry, actually, because, you know, we've had some lumps in our throats today. Um, Sonia Matita, I will miss seeing you. In a joy, just as I will miss hearing your insightful, unique and proud voice on the pink airwaves. Thanks for all the warm chats, learned uh, learned insights, exemplary dedication and cream caramel. Love, Brian. I don't remember the cream caramel. Maybe I got him a cream caramel once. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I have worked with you for years and I've not got a cream caramel. Oh, F you. Oh, wow. Well, it is Easter. Maybe All right, he people, means... it's creme caramel for us. Oh, oh, she. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Um, brother, thank you very much. And I hope um, you come back to the airwaves too. But thanks for those thoughts. That's it. And Sonia Hammer, thank you for everything you've done for the queer community over the past eight years. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you'll still do wonderful things for the queer community in the future, just in different formats, in different ways. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I think resting. Is oh, <laughs> a period of resting is quite right. acceptable. Like I've had people message me say, so what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? I'm like, oh, next, I'm just going to see what's in the fridge. Yep. Yep. My fridge. I give you, uh, you can have at least like a week at off. So. Oh, at least. At least. Yeah. But rest is important and getting ready for the big releases for the year. I'll still go into those and, mm. yeah. Yeah, check it out and, mm. you know, All right. stuff. This has been a final-ish podcast of Sci-Fi and Scream Undead. Final-ish? I may, I, I may sneak some reviews in. Yeah. I like your five-minute reviews because yeah. they're really actually five minutes yeah so just keep it <laughs> <They're down>. amazing <laughs> rather really than cool. where are we now uh <laughs> so yeah but anyway this has been a podcast of sci-fi and scream undead mm. a big one a long one but worth it and a very fond farewell to sonia mm. hammer and thank you to dylan as well hey, no worries thank right. thanks to everyone for listening over the years thank you so much thanks for listening to another joy podcast brought to you by australia's lgbtqia plus community media organization joy Help us keep joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.